0: Yeah. Get yourself a piece of paper and a pen. Two, five, six, seven, three, seven, nine, five, zero, five.
1: five. Or just grab your wife's lipstick and write it on your forehead. That that works, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, either way. Or or the mirror,
1: if you happen to be listening in the restroom.
0: Yeah,
2: that would be interesting, wouldn't it? We we would like to have your input. It would sure be helpful. Well, fun, too. Yeah. Or and every the people we've had that called in really ha- added something to what we were saying. Well, both of them? Do you think I, I called
1: any wrecks when I announced a four lane highway? Does anyone know what I'm talking probably. about?
2: Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. I
0: think everybody in <laughs> and does. Hey, where's Lynn? You think he might call in?
2: I don't know. He might. Yeah.
0: Hey, Lynn, are you listening? If you are, but call you, in. <laughs> but you got to talk pretty. you got to talk pretty. What did we decide we were going to talk about today at lunch? At which time Jay was not there.
2: Again. I know, I know. He, Melissa wasn't man.
0: there either. So, Had that, to buy her
2: own lunch. Yeah, I'm, get, I'm yeah. getting a little tired today. That. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> oh Well, we decided that we would talk about uh, all sorts of things, but one of the things would be that we live in a society of victims. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but I'm
0: not sure everybody else does. So we're probably going to take an hour and try to explain it, aren't we? Well, we'll get partway <laughs> through. <laughs> a victim, or am am I maybe the result of being a victim due to someone else doing something? Right. And I, I think there's that we need to distinguish between that. Do I feel like I am a victim, or has someone else actually put me in the position of being a
2: victim? Or has somebody else convinced you that you're a victim?
0: Oh, that's heavy.
2: Well, that's the way it works. Yeah, and it's working really well, too, isn't it? Well, do you know why that's important? I mean, it's not just words and talking. It it is important. Well, since we've
0: talked about it, I know. Let's go ahead and explain
2: (laughs) it. (laughs) Okay. Well, if you're a victim somebody else is responsible for the trouble you're having. Yeah. And if that's the case, somebody else has to solve the problem. Absolutely. So you are have no responsibility to do anything but to uh-huh. be a victim.
0: Uh-huh. Now, another thing, I don't, I don't think we talked about this at lunch uh, this week or last, but what are the secondary gain issues of being
2: a victim? Well... The obvious one is that you are free from any responsibility for getting out of the situation. Yeah, it always comes back to that, doesn't it?
0: Responsibilities. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And now there are a lot of things that aren't 100% your fault or somebody else's. But We
0: call those circumstances, don't we?
2: Victims right. of circumstances. Right. But now, what would be some examples? Can you think of any right off? I wrote uh, some down. That. Yeah, you,
0: you drive it down the road in Colorado and a boulder falls on top of your car.
2: Oh. Sitting in your house. You would be the victim, that's yeah. right.
0: Sitting in your house in
2: Alabama and a tornado comes through. And that's, well, even there you had some responsibility. Not much, but mm-hmm. some, because you chose to live here. Whoa, you made a choice and that's yeah. the result of that choice. yeah. So
0: there's any number of things, and and there are medical
2: circumstances. Well, what about people that are addicted to opiates? Yeah, well, that responsibility, it goes back to that, responsibility. uh. Well, that and, you know, a doctor prescribed them pain medicine. Mm -hmm. That's the responsibility. Mm -hmm. That's who got them hooked. It was the drug companies who got them hooked because they made the drugs that the doctor yeah. prescribed that they got addicted to. And I heard that today. I,
1: I didn't think you were coming in as good as you should be, Richard, oh. or Howard oh. rather. Well, I, I
0: probably can, because you're leaning back yeah, and enjoying I can, life. So. I can adjust the mic and bring it down.
2: And you could. And you know, scoot it up. And I can you How's that, Jay?
1: You, now you sound like you're actually on the radio instead of Uh-oh. talking across the room. But Uh-oh, it's okay. okay. Nobody, <laughs> okay, Everyone's yeah. paying attention to the four-lane highway yeah, anyway. No, they're they're nobody, not paying attention to the speakers. Well,
2: Nobody's I hope listening. they're paying attention. And yeah, I hope they're paying attention. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> but, they might be the victim of a car accident. That could happen.
0: <laughs> asked ask this lady today, I said, uh, why are you on boxing?" Okay. And she said, the drug company's got me hooked.
2: Well, well. Let, <laughs> let's, okay, let's look at that just a little bit. Yeah, okay. She, let's suggest that she did have severe pain at some time. Oh, she
0: did. That that's well, that's and, a given. Yeah,
2: that that I'm not saying yeah. anything about. Now, she, the doctor prescribed her some medications. Uh-huh but he prescri- he or she prescribed them to be taken a certain way for a certain period of time.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Okay. Now, how did that person become addicted when they were taking them according to prescription? Doctor shopping? They didn't <laughs> Okay, yeah, they did not follow the instructions of their physician. Uh-huh. So when their prescription ran out and they went back or called in and wanted it refilled, the doctor wouldn't do it. They found another doctor because they still had this awful pain.
0: And and those of you that know surgeons, they don't like to give you more than one
2: go through, right? So, I mean, and that's on purpose. Them, yeah, yeah. And you know what that purpose is? So you
0: won't get addicted. <laughs> <That's> yeah. <it.
2: laughs>
0: but people don't want to take responsibility they don't want to take responsibility great book out there you know managing your pain before it manages you and and the person that wrote it says we have yet to determine the difference between pain and suffering and this lady had pain but she didn't want to suffer so I'll get me some more of that good stuff
2: well okay and so Not
0: taking responsibility
2: so that person then went to someone else and got some of their drugs and right there they stepped completely out of what was reasonable yeah, yeah. and what it, the system was set up to do
0: didn't take didn't want to take responsibility for managing their pain and it,
2: and them. as far as i'm concerned at that point in time they took full responsibility for their health absolutely Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, do what the doctor says or it's on you. Right. Now, there's a number of us who feel like, well, that's probably better that way. (laughs) 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 But not everybody. True. True. Okay, so you have to have more. So you find a friend who has the same prescription Mm -hmm. or... Had some extras or something. Who is better at managing
0: their pain than you were at managing yours.
2: Or better at managing their doctor. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and I think, you know, most of the doctors we've got in Culpman are fantastic.
2: Uh, The ones that I know or have met But there
0: may be some doctors somewhere else that, you know.
2: Well, all you have to do is, did you watch that special on television about the pain clinics down in South Florida? No.
0: Oh, is that the one Medicare got all after because they were writing it out? Oh, they wrote
2: out out thousands of prescriptions every week. Mm -hmm. And there'd be people driving from all up the East Coast, Kentucky, from Tennessee, you know, all over to get the medications. Wow. Now, those people had some responsibility for maintaining other people's addiction. But were they responsible for them becoming addicted?
0: Uh... No, I've got a feeling people were addicted to where they drove down there, except the ones that were driving down there. For money. A car to get the pills, to take them back and sell them.
2: That's it. See, and, and they so,
0: were responsible for the other people.
2: And that was their gain, mm-hmm. was the the financial stuff, plus, I'm sure, taking care of their own little problem.
0: Yeah.
2: So... You know, okay, the responsibility there is shared, but it's still the person who's taking the drug who is responsible. How does somebody get 10 years into an opiate addiction without being aware that they were the one who was maintaining that addiction?
0: Well, there's there's this river in Egypt. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know the river, don't you? Denial.
2: Yep. Denial.
0: Deny. Deny. Then there are those who are so sure that they can't live without the medication,
2: absolutely certain. Well, and and see, that's one of the problems with uh, opiates and other uh, drugs of addiction, is that not only do you have the effect of the drug. Mm-hmm. But you also have the withdrawals from that drug, plus the return of any pain or other things that were going on that you were taking the drug for in the first place. So you have can have a massive response.
0: Yes. And yes. some
2: of those drugs, like Xanax or Valium, can actually kill you if you are having withdrawals from them. But mm-hmm. that's, that's the only class that I'm aware of.
0: Yeah, I think you're right.
2: So... But, you know, thinking you're going to die is a lot different from dying.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And that is, okay, so that's drug addiction. Same could be said for alcohol. It's the bar's fault. It's my parents' fault for the genetics I got. Yeah. Uh, It was that party I went to at the fraternity house. It's uh oh, you know, just going down the, the you can blame almost anybody. You can make excuses for for almost anything, but can you accept the responsibility for it? And
0: and I think that's the difficulty we have in society. Rather than, you know, doing whatever you need to do to get off of alcohol, you make excuses.
2: Well, and and okay, we do that on a national basis, on a nation basis, mm-hmm. you know, we are being taken advantage, of. we're the victims of the OPEC plus cartel, we are the victims of those awful Saudis and their, uh, oh, cutting back production just a week ago. Of them not giving Mr. Biden what he asked for when yeah, he went yes, to for it. Yeah, and gas would be three dollars and
0: fifty cents a gallon. Well, the way you cut the price of anything is cut the demand. Quit driving so much. Go to the store one time a week.
2: Right. You don't or, have to go or, to
0: Walmart every day.
2: Or take a friend, take you know, a friend. And, and carpool, so mm-hmm. to speak. So, but but that's the thing is, you know, even nations or blame others for their problems.
0: And and one of the things, you know, and I've got friends that are doing it, but we don't even want to drive downtown and go shopping and eat. We want to go shopping and come home and have DoorDash to deliver our food.
2: Well, we pay extra for that, yeah, too.
0: but it takes more gas, which drives up the price of gas, because the demand for gas is higher.
2: Well, okay, here's another example of how the... This is a political party or a particular view in that party. Mm-hmm. Uh, gasoline, <clears throat> the high price of gasoline is due to the gouging of these rich oil companies. Mm-hmm. You're told that almost any time a particular party gets to a microphone. Right. Well, I still don't understand how you can repeal the law of supply and demand.
0: I don't think you can. Adam Smith told us you can't.
2: Well, the only way that, okay, you're su- wanting to su- to affect this demand without affecting supply, but you don't want prices to go up. Do you know how they've done it in the past?
0: Now, you're the economist. I'm the accountant.
2: Well, think about <laughs> it this way. During World War II, mm-hmm. we got coupons I didn't, but my parents got coupons for tires and gas and sugar and, yeah. okay. Yeah,
1: Tune well. in next time for The Accountants <laughs> and The Economist. Y'all, it is now raining and windy outside. Um, supply and demand. So how much of that do you need? I mean, you say you want to cut the price of gas, just buy less gas and buy less food. Well, you doing it alone ain't going to move
2: the needle.
0: Well, you, the marketplace has got to move, and you are the marketplace.
2: If there are enough of you. Yeah. That's yeah. really the thing. It's the, the aggregate. aggregate.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Both of us know that term, don't we? So, the aggregate.
2: So
1: what does that mean? Get on Facebook and make a group?
0: Uh, well, you could do that, <laughs> uh, and, and there's people out sure, there that you can, do that.
2: You can sit there and talk about how bad gas prices are for, for the rest of your life. That in itself won't change things.
0: You've got to get people to band together and not buy the gas.
2: And if that means using your group to get, you know, to carpool, to, you know, if you've got somebody else that's wanting to go to Decatur to go shopping, okay, then how about the two of you go together? See that way, you mm-hmm. cut your gas mm-hmm. demand by half.
1: So I've I've got to admit, and this is kind of a, an ongoing discussion that has been going across multiple shows. That's why I'm I'm telling y'all about it. Everyone listening, they know because they've heard every show we've ever done. Obviously, well, sure, but um. You know we have, we have quite a generational gap here at the radio station. I mean we've we've got young whippersnappers that are barely in their twenties, all the way up to I don't know how old y'all are. Old enough. <laughs> <laughs> y'all are Hodgers. y'all are I, definitely the older end of the I, the generation. I, so.
0: I am probably older than you and Melissa
1: Combined. together. <laughs> we uh did not necessarily. Well, <laughs> oh, there you go. Ninety years old, y'all.
2: He's working on it. We uh, not there yet. <laughs>
1: We we did not go through the really hard times of the late 70s like y'all probably did. So tell oh, us some yeah. of the things y'all had to do in order to affect the markets in the 70s.
2: Oh, no. Now, if you want to really get to it, the mid-70s, 73 or 74. Well, uh, I didn't want to give y'all
1: credit for being around for the Great Depression. I didn't want
2: to go that uh, far. Uh, but. No, well, we weren't. Uh, I My mom was. was.
0: I almost was.
2: But uh, in the 70s. When the supply of gasoline suddenly dropped off, what you found were people lined up for blocks. Holding cans. To get gasoline to go anywhere. And and you, you could only buy it
0: based on your tag number. If you had an even number on the end of your tag, you got to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If you had a... Uh, an odd number it was tuesday thursday saturday
1: he regulated that the nice young man he was pumping your gas for you
2: oh uh, they didn't do it you, you had know, to do you, it yourself this, that this was, was still on the
0: advent of you pumping your own gas mm. and i don't know wh- whether there was a penalty or not but uh
2: it but was now interesting. what a See, the yeah, but you could go from one station to another and, and fill up some more. Because, well, you, and that's the other thing is well, you had a limit. Well, at one time limit. there
0: was an 8 to 10-gallon Right. Unit. The pumps right. were set to cut off.
2: And so, but you could go to another gas station. Yep. The problem is, did you have three or four hours to wait there, too?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Today's problem would be you wouldn't be able to get a gas can. <laughs>
0: you see, uh, I stopped one time <laughs> and... Uh, I went to about three different stations. I was stationed together. They were all closed because, of it. and and I I took the hose out, and held it and drained hose. In. And I got about a gallon and a half worth of gas that way.
2: Well, that was back before they had the metering system yeah. they have yeah. now.
0: And and uh, you <clears> know <throat> it was, but the it wasn't just the gas. I was selling cars at the time. Oh, really? Yeah, we were selling, you know, LTDs and Thunderbirds and all of that big stuff. And when the price of gas went from 28 to 29 cents a gallon to 42 one week and up to 88 the next week, the cars with the big motors quit selling. Everybody wanted a Maverick or Pinto.
2: And everybody who's been around, well, go look and see how many of each of those are on the road today. (laughs) <laughs> that will tell you how well they were made yeah and i that, haven't seen one in forever well that pinto was recalled or no i'm not sure it was, no, recalled. That was a core that
1: that was my but, grandfather's favorite car was a pinto that's all he drove that i can remember and yeah, oh they had some interesting colors there in the late my, 70s my
0: grandpa had one too and, yeah.
1: And, and you have to understand this. This fella is huge. I mean, he was like probably six two, and you know, about as wide as this door frame over here.
0: And he got in a pen And he
1: got in a too <laughs> Did he get Dude. out?
0: Did he have? Yeah. Did they
2: have WD forty then? It was an
1: experience <laughs> watching this every day.
2: Did he? Did he have a sunroof? <laughs> that may have been how he got in and out.
0: But but all of that puts us in. We we. We feel we're victims because we're having to pay more money to get what we want. We were victims of the economy, of the president, of the vice president.
2: Right. And that's unfortunately... Blaming somebody or something else keeps you from having to take any responsibility. And, you know, the... The biggest thing that came out of the early early seventies, when we had the problem with gasoline prices, was we started importing reasonably good vehicles from Japan. Yeah, that's when Honda, Toyota, Mitsubishi. Well, that came later as it a Dodge, later,
0: yeah.
2: um, Subaru. Those all of the Mazda. Those cars came became more popular in the U.S.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And of course, the U.S. Manufacturers did not follow suit because they were still expecting people to buy the big land uh, whales.
0: Yeah, and they didn't.
2: And that well, that's the thing. A few people did. Did. And there's a lot today that buy very large vehicles that get very poor gas mileage. Big
0: (laughs) Silverado.
2: You, well, I and you know what I <laughs> Yeah, I know. Uh, You've you, you got a hybrid. That's it. Well,
1: speaking of being a victim. Uh, You're a victim of advertising. Yeah. We're, we're going to have to play <laughs> some ads. Uh, well, we'll be please, back in a minute. Please do. You're listening to uh, the elephant in the room, otherwise known as the accountant and the hey, economist. <laughs>
3: economist. <laughs> Coleman Electric Cooperative has been providing electricity and community support to help local people and businesses grow for the last 86 years. The co-op is adding to that legacy with its new Sprout Fiber Internet, giving its members access to blazing fast gigabit internet speeds with unmatched reliability and extraordinary customer service. Coleman Electric Cooperative and Sprout Fiber Internet, powerful connections, brighter future.
0: Adapri's I'm so tired Adapree's Pizza Buffet is back In the old CC's Pizza Building on Patriot Way Adapree's Pizza Buffet is bigger and better than ever Enjoy the all-you-can-eat buffet With pizza, pasta, wings, salad, and dessert Made with the freshest ingredients available Don't see something you like and want a custom pizza? Just ask, and they'll make one just for you Adapree's Pizza Buffet, Patriot Way in Coleman In the
4: old CC's Pizza Building Adapree's Pizza Buffet at Gateway Mortgage. They weave the knowledge and expertise of local mortgage professionals together with state-of-the-art technology and the powerful resource of a national company to make your home buying experience easy, reliable, and fast. Gateway is committed to walking alongside you through every step of the journey to home ownership. Gateway's promise to you is to provide transparency, timely communications, and excellent service. Gateway is devoted to building stronger communities and families one home at a time. You can reach Josh Phillips, Amanda Whitehead, Zeb Smith, or Josh Campbell at Gateway Mortgage. 256-690-5617. 256-690-5617. NMLS number 7233.
0: And we continue
4: now with the elephant in the room.
0: Five. We are
2: back.
1: He's a little confused at the moment. Give him a moment.
2: We're back? Yeah, we're back. Oh, okay. And what day of the week is it? Yesterday. <laughs> You know, if
0: tomorrow had been today, it'd be Friday the 13th. Uh (laughs)
2: Uh-huh. Okay, whatever you say. so, So, you know, we have red,
0: white, and blue. How many different flavors or in how many
2: different areas
0: do you think people might could feel victimized?
2: Well, okay, if you're in a car wreck, you're the victim. Yeah. And all the the attorneys and on almost every television station in Alabama are busy are full of attorneys telling you it's not your fault, yeah. it's their fault, and we'll get your money. Yeah. So, we come by victimhood fairly straightforwardly. It's mm-hmm. somebody else's fault. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> right. Absolutely.
2: The political parties tell us, oh, it's the other party's fault. You're not responsible for anything. It's their fault. And, of course, the other party's saying exactly the same thing. But what about things like injuries, on-the-job injuries?
0: Uh, Yeah, occupational injuries. uh, There supposedly is workers' comp that takes care of all that. But uh, if if you're ever injured on the job, before you try to get medical care make sure you got a good attorney on on board because workers comp is a pain in whatever area you might have injured
2: right well but here's a, another thing uh i used to be a supervisor in a textile mill in georgia
0: really i used to be, a oh, yeah. be an accountant in a textile mill in columbiana
2: <laughs> well anyway <laughs> uh i had a a kid he must have been 18 or so 19 Mm -hmm. on the job and he was going to clean some machinery well he took the spray cleaner and managed to spray himself in the eyes even though the top had an arrow pointed the other way it had a little thing on it that told you oh this is where the stuff comes out Uh, we were able to clean you know clean it out and he didn't have any lasting injury but to what I mean, to what extent is the individual responsible for themselves? You know, I I cannot see. You know, if I was at home and I had a, a some window cleaner and I was going to spray it on the window, you know, I have never in my seventy year life managed to spray myself in the face. I,
0: no, ne- neither have I. But the other thing you look at from a tactile standpoint, it's even hard to push that sprayer down if you got it backwards because of the way it's tilted and the groove in it. You know, that right. that, that, that guy was a victim but of his own stupidity.
2: Or lack of attention. Yeah. So, okay, so there were two sides of that. The main one was he was not paying attention to what he was mm-hmm. doing. Uh, by now, I had another employee who my boss said i want you to have him take this box down on the wall that circuit's dead don't worry about it you know not a problem it, it needs to come down so we can you know use that space for something else well i had the the technician come and you know he started and looked at it and said you know i think this might be live so he went and got an electrician that worked in the plant and he came and looked at it and said, Yep, it's live. Now, if that gentleman had actually tried to take it down, it would have killed him because that was 440 volts.
0: They wouldn't even know where he was.
2: So, you know, now that was my boss's fault and mine for not checking it out first. Mm-hmm. But that, that, person took responsibility see there we go again
0: let me take responsibility for myself
2: for my for my life yeah i mean it really does get to that point sometimes
0: now do do you think in some cases companies are responsible for hiring people that are obviously obviously not intelligent enough to do the job they're assigning them to are they true victims then
2: well, that's, that's a point. You know, we have manufacturing and the legal system has just about idiot-proofed almost every job in the United States, with a few exceptions. And so if you're able to mess yourself up, uh, I'm sure you can do it on purpose, but it would almost have to be that way.
0: Yeah, I... Many years ago was was cost control manager in a steel mill, and um, during the first week there, they carried me out in the mill and they started showing me. You know, this is a press and this is a shear machine or whatever. And I got to notice, and there was a guy over there that didn't have two fingers on the bottom of his right hand.
2: And he this didn't know guy, how to use that shear, did he?
0: No, another guy didn't have any fingers. On his left hand, one guy didn't have anything but a nub. And what happened to them? They said, well, that was back years ago when we didn't have safety guards on the machine. And I I noticed they had a a press machine that would come down and the guy or gal or whoever it was had bracelets on and when that top of that went down, it pulled their arms up. Oh. And I noticed one guy that he, he I mean, his left hand was just off. And they got paid piecework. They get so much per hour plus so much per piece. Right. And he was trying to beat the piece thing, so he took his bracelets off. Yep. Now, is he a victim of his own stupidity?
2: Well, and see, there is, the, and that's what the supervisor is there for, is to say, no, you can't do that.
0: Can't do that. And I think I think he got uh, he got a, a partial permanent disability, but I was told you leave him alone. If he wants to run ten units a day, he's run run ten units. If he wants to run twenty, you're not going to fire him. Right. Ever.
2: Well, and and you know, at one time, I'm not sure they do it to the same extent. They used to test potential employees. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm—I think a lot of that te- pre-employment screening has gone by the wayside um, for whatever reason. You know, the uh, company trying to maintain that they're not—you uh, uh, know—not treating somebody different for another reason.
0: Yeah, I, I think it could be, you know,
2: prejudice or whatever. Yeah, I- But it means sometimes that you you don't always get uh, people who, who, like you were saying, can know how to do the job. And then you have other people that, like supervisors, who just make assignments without thinking it through Mm -hmm. about what's going on. Now, they can sometimes be responsible for mistakes, but the individual is still responsible for their own life as far as mm-hmm. i can tell
0: yeah i think so but then we get into how do we how do we determine whether or not the person is whoa
2: sunshine wow wow i haven't seen that in a day or so
0: yeah somewhere around that but how do we determine who is the victim, and in medical terms, who is malingering?
2: <laughs> well, there's a lot of that goes around, too. And, that, and that's different from being a victim uh, because you are purposely avoiding work with the idea of still getting paid. Mm-hmm. So that is a, is a slightly different thing. But what about things like, oh, do you remember back in the uh, 2008, 2009 financial crisis? Oh, yeah. Okay, do you remember all the, the loans that came due mm-hmm. and and the term that came into high use about predatory loans?
0: Oh, yeah, and they were on every corner.
2: Still oh, Still some yeah. of them. Well, see... Why did you borrow the money from a predator?
0: Because you couldn't get it anywhere
2: else. Why did you need it?
0: Because I had bought more than I could pay for.
2: Because I wanted it. Yeah. Not because I needed it. Yeah. So I you... mean I
0: needed those two jet skis and that bass boat and the helicopter and the whole nine yards. I wanted it. There you go. And we, we I I did it to an extent, taught my kids, you know, hey, we just go buy it.
2: Well, that is, see, and so the kids today are victims of their parents' stupidity. And that's true. I mean, that's I, true I in a lot of ways.
0: I won't argue with you over that.
2: Um, so,
0: And, and, and uh, one of my grandkids was going to, to school and they were having a book sale. And his mother and daddy, being the, the supportive people they are, carried him to the book sale so he went over to the shelf and he picked up this book that he wanted they'd been given a tour later and told to pick out books for their parents to buy them so he picked out this quite expensive book and his daddy said we're not going to buy that book and they said that he just said okay and turned around and walked off and his daddy said later well i thought you probably uh Kind of push for the book, and he said, "Nah, pop buy it for me in the morning." <laughs> so, so, he was learning. It. Yeah, yeah. He, he was learning how to control what getting what he wanted in, and, and I made him a victim of uh, you know instant gratification.
2: Well, so, I want to to remind you. I don't know if you remember it or not, but in the two thousand election. Yeah, that's when it was. There was a commercial that showed a woman who was a single parent and had four children with autism, and she was blaming the government because she had so many problems with you know getting everything done for those kids. And I found myself at the time saying, look, to myself, if I'd had one who was autistic, I would not be trying to, to do it again. And if I'd had two, I sure, I wouldn't. sure wouldn't. But <laughs> after three, I think I'd go have be surgically sterilized because that's just not meant for you to have a child that's not and, autistic.
4: And I
0: guarantee you that more than one doctor told her that the probability of you having a second autistic child is 50-50, right. then for the third one it's 75-25, and for the fourth one it's probably 100%. And
2: But it's the government's fault because mm-hmm. she wasn't getting enough money to take care of the kids. Yeah,
0: I, I think a lot of victims just don't listen very well.
2: Well, they have internalized the whole idea of it's somebody else's fault.
0: Right. Right. And, and what and I did area. didn't
2: make any difference in the situation whatsoever. No. No. And that's just not true. You may not have complete control, but you have some control. You,
0: you, you may have enough control to decide the difference. And I think that's the key. Can the is, is the control you have enough to decide the difference? I mean, you can say, no, I don't have any more kids. If you've got two kids that are autistic, you ought to be down there getting, uh, you know, whatever needs done, done.
2: Surgically Yeah. yeah altered. Yeah. That's right. Well, but, okay, we have allowed this victimization to go into every part of our lives. Okay, what about if you have uh, no money for retirement and you're trying to live on your Social Security?
0: Good luck.
2: Social Security was never intended for that to be the only source of income. And who never looked up to say, well, my Social Security is going to pay me X number of dollars a year or a month, and I'm using four times that to get by now. How am I going to get by on one-fourth as much? You know, that is... But it's the government's fault. It's somebody else's fault because it should have been there. Yeah. Well, if you want it to be there, how about instead of expecting the government to do it, you go put $100 a check or a month mm-hmm. into an IRA so that when you do retire, you've got the money.
0: And then anybody that understands the rule of 72s could understand how significantly important a regular deposit into an account could be. Right. And and the rule of 72, for those of you that, that may not understand that, is if you divide the interest rate into 72, you can find how many years it will take for your money to double. Okay. And and so it, it's not $100 over a year equals $1,200. You're getting paid Interest monthly, it's that amount times the interest times that amount with the interest times the interest,
2: <laughs>
0: and it, it, gets, it, it, it gets it's called compound interest. Yeah, I, yeah, but I mean, it's 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 amazing. Or one guy said, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get pennies and get them doubled. I'm going to ask the guy the first day that I see him. Uh, you know, could I get one penny? And then I'm going to ask the guy the next one, could I get two pennies and could I get three pennies?
2: Oh, I'd love to go to work somewhere where I could you know, start for a penny and double it every day. Yeah. Within 30 days or so, I would be wealthy beyond yeah. my needs. A little
0: over a million.
2: So, yeah. yeah that. that and,
0: and we don't expect anybody to do that, but we're, what we're suggesting is, take responsibility and, and use some ingenuity in a way that will provide money for you when you get older
2: right and, and well, no take responsibility yeah, for take at responsibility. least part of your retirement
0: mm-hmm. because your your bills are not going down by what 5 600% they're not
2: no if anything they're going up especially when you go through a, a period of the kind of inflation we've had the last yeah. 2 years yeah and that is one place where the American people have been victimized by the government's processes. By their that, that's by spending. supply
0: and demand, because the the manufacturers or someone involved is cutting down. I walked in uh, Dollar General not too long ago, and I thought I was in Venezuela. <laughs> I mean, they just things were not on the store shelves. And what was on there, gosh, my wife came back from the grocery store a couple of months ago, and I thought she'd bought the whole store. And she told me, no, she just got a week's worth of groceries. That's right. And it was scary.
2: Oh, I go shopping, and and occasionally when I come home, my wife will ask me, well, how much was that? And I'll tell her, and she she can't believe it to start with, and then I show her on the receipt where, yeah. you know, this is what I got and this is what it was. Oh, well, that's just too high. No, it's what it is. It,
0: it, it well, it, it's like I tried to convince my wife. She said, "Well, I, I just I hate to buy that." And I said, "Well, how else do you plan on getting it?
2: <laughs> Stealing it?
0: Yeah. I mean, you're going to pay it, or you're not going to bring the item home. So we we look at that, and we we're being victimized by our own, I guess, uh, instant gratification needs.
2: Well, or the need to have uh, ribeye steaks instead of hamburgers, yeah, and because it's I deserve that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not sure I believe that or agree with it.
0: Well, it doesn't matter if if enough people do it that they push the prices up. You're gonna have to pay it anyway.
2: Right. Oh, now let's go to another fun thing: smoking who's responsible for my smoking habit?
0: Yeah, and who's responsible for the fact you're walking around carrying an oxygen tank with you?
2: Yeah. Well, that must be the doctor. Got to be. Now, the the smoking, that's the cigarette manufacturers because they make Ligget you do Myers that. Absolutely,
0: are responsible for that.
2: Right. Yeah. And, and you know, and that's part of the what we're getting at. Who... St- Picked up a cigarette the first time and lit it, coughed their way through it, and then went back and got another one and did that over and over until one day they didn't think about it anymore. They just started smoking them.
0: The first cigarette I smoked, I rolled my own out of some country gentleman that I lifted out of my daddy's (laughs) pocket. Ooh, that was not the right thing to do, but it's just, well, I can do that. So, uh, you know, I'd roll me on one and carry it and hide it, and when he went to work, I'd smoke, it. and then it got to the point, you know, that I'd get a cigarette out of his pack. I mean, he, he got yeah. he made enough money, he could buy them by the pack. Yeah. Something, and then I'd get those, and at the age of 13, I started smoking. And that's what you did. When I was 13, that was 1956. I yeah. started smoking. I smoked regularly.
2: We'd go out behind the gym at school and have a cigarette break. Oh, they used to do that at at the high school I went to also. But it wasn't a ramp behind it because the principal and vice principal would go around looking for people smoking. Mm-hmm. No, they would go to the gym to the boys' restroom there. Ah. And I don't know how many times I saw them lined up at least 30 or 40 headed for the principal's <laughs> office to get their licks. They still did it, you yeah, know. It, yeah.
0: But you you pay a price. That to cardiologist told me I've got three stents somewhere in my right. ticker. He told me that there's a ninety percent chance the fact that I smoked for thirty years caused me to need the
2: stents. Well,
0: responsibility.
2: I know. Well, and I smoked way too much for way too long twenty years. Yeah. And I quit twenty eight years ago. Well, guess what? My emphysema just got worse. I'd...
0: Yeah, and they tell you, you know,
2: hey, if you quit a
0: year, you be good as you. No, you're not, folks. But can we take responsibility for that?
2: But that's the point. I was responsible for having the problem. Nobody else made me do it. And I was responsible for quitting. Mm-hmm. So I feel very good Competent because I was able to. It was not easy. No, it wasn't. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done, which is why I've never picked up another cigarette. <laughs> I quit in
0: 1985, somewhere around there.
2: Well, you were ahead of me. Mine was yeah. 94. If
0: the doctor told me I was going to die tomorrow, I'd go up somewhere and buy me a carton of cigarettes and sit out on the curb in front of the store and smoke every one of them.
2: I would never touch another one. <laughs>
0: And if you're tired of our stories, two five seven of your 9505.
2: And I guess today it's vaping, but
0: yeah, and and I I, I am not a doctor, but I did stay at Holiday in Express one night, you know, <laughs> get that in. Uh, I I have heard that vaping is far worse for you in a different way. That those vaping things welt your little areolei. And those are not like right. leaves on a tree. They don't come
2: back. Well, no, they can. Can they? They can, but it takes several months, 6 months, three to six months. Okay. Because when I quit smoking, and this will probably not be a pleasant thing for people to think about, but for three months afterwards, I, well, no, about three weeks later, I started coughing up just brown tarry stuff yeah and i just kept doing that for about three months and that was the process by which those little uh fingers for yeah. lack of a better term redeveloped and started moving all the crap out of my lungs yeah wow
0: so we're trying to heal you
2: right and your body will do a lot of that
1: and by the way, apparently now if, if that's not a fast enough way to kill yourself, you've got fentanyl now. So, that'll that'll get it done quickly, I'm told. Uh,
2: yeah. Well, very yeah. quickly. And almost every illicit drug contains a certain amount of fentanyl.
1: And I'm I'm still trying to figure out the supply and demand with killing your customer, but I hadn't hadn't figured that one out yet.
2: Well, it depends that, on That's who's, up there
1: with me trying to figure out compound interest.
2: It depends on whose whose demand if it's the Chinese who manufacture the fentanyl? Then they uh, they create demand by putting it in with all the other stuff.
0: Yeah, they can, they can destroy a whole population without uh, having any blown up buildings or anything else, and then they just move whatever they want to over here and take them over.
2: COVID. <coughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's another one that um, I, I still you know. Are it, we victims of that? We are victims of government uh, uh, refusal to accept and and let us know the truth. Yeah.
1: yeah, I find it interesting now that our legislators are passing laws and bills against every uh unpopular decision that was made during COVID. Now we have a law that you can't shut anything down.
3: Oh,
2: jeez. Yeah. Oh, well, let's talk about COVID for a minute. Did you know that, according to one of the experts, Doctor Gottlieb, uh,
0: No, he's not another falsy, is he? Doctor
1: no. Scott Gottlieb. Yeah, That's I've, the I've heard one. him a couple of times.
2: Okay, oh, I heard him. Seems, him the, seems like he
1: knows the stuff.
2: I heard him the other day saying that, as of that time, which was a week or so ago, we were losing approximately two hundred and fifty people a day to COVID, dead. Now, think about the fentanyl. That's between 70 and 80,000 a year. Well, yes, at 250 a day, that's 90,000 a year due to COVID. And yet, the president said we no longer have a problem with that.
0: Well, are we? No, I mean, we probably ought to just leave the president alone, shouldn't we?
2: He would like it if you did. I'm not sure he cares or knows. I'm not sure he knows he's being messed with. But but we are a
0: a victim of our political leanings.
2: Well, what makes us the biggest victim is that we accept that from our politicians.
0: We accept whatever bilch they want to throw at us. Do y'all
1: think that all of those people that allegedly voted against Donald Trump not necessarily for Joe Biden are stupid enough to do that again
2: yeah yeah i do
1: you i mean all you got to do is ask yourself if you're better off now than you were 4 years ago i mean they
0: don't know
1: they don't they're not smart enough oh, to ask themselves not, that i well, guess
2: well no that that's because they haven't finished the job yet see if, once the job's finished they'll be a lot better off yeah. but the job never <sighs> will be finished
0: it's uh, you know, you keep throwing it on them and telling them that it's it's water. They keep believing it's water.
2: Well, and that's like with the budget and the deficit. Uh, uh what's that called? The uh, well, anyway, the the amount of money we can borrow against the dollar against the debt ceiling. Yes, sir. That's yeah. the term I was think trying to think of. It's that. The higher it goes, the more government spending gets done, the worse our problems with the economy get, and the more trouble we will eventually end up Mm -hmm. in because of our, uh, well, yeah, because of our problems with debt.
0: But, but, are we... Have we done this so long that we're at the point of no return? We can't just contract the economy enough to kill that debt.
2: Oh, no. No, and and we have gotten into the habit of having more than we can pay for because every year for the last, what, 60 years or more, that's what's happened. We have spent more money than we had as a country.
0: And and sociologists agree on one thing, not not too much, but sociologists agree that all this probably started after World War Two, because the men went off to go to work, and when they did, the women stayed at work, and when the men came back, they said to wives, okay, go back and do the kitchen. The wives say, oh, we ain't going to do that. So they started both working, increasing the income, which increased the ability to buy, which increased inflation, And it's been rolling on for time since.
1: But now I've seen studies or analyses that, and I don't remember them exactly, but, you know, in the 50s you could get by on one income. In the 60s you had to have both incomes. In the 70s you had to have both incomes plus credit card, you know, stuff like that.
2: Well, and, yeah, and there are other Uh things. Here we go. Turning
1: on the other guest mic in here.
3: Oh, good. <laughs> hey, here we go. This is one of my favorite uh, subjects, besides the fact when people say, well, you can buy a car for $7,000 back in the 70s. And I have to point out, uh, so what was the minimum wage back in the 70s? <laughs> How much were you making? You want to go back to making a dollar an hour and you can have that $7,000 car. But I digress.
0: Yeah, uh, no, you don't. You the, don't that that is known in the economic circles as ceteris paribus. Yeah, all other things being, being equal, equal, and they and aren't, so it equal. doesn't matter.
3: Oh well, that's true. That's yeah, there's
0: there, there's a term
2: for it. Well, and and think about this too: what we expect for our money is a lot more than it was. When our parents built houses in the 40s and 50s, the standard was two bedrooms and one bath. Out back.
3: That was going to be my next point. <laughs> so, um, imagine what we have now compared to what people had in the 50s. Do you yeah. think my mom, when she was little, had six or seven pairs of school shoes to wear to school? No. No. My well, mom maybe had two pairs of shoes. A nowadays, pair of twin it's. Of shoes and a pair of saddle.
1: Now, nowadays, saddle it's six or seven iPads, and five of them don't work. So.
3: Yeah. Exactly. Right. So in the 50s, people could get by with one income because they expected less. They had less. Well, it,
2: there, was, there were fewer things for them to have.
3: Exactly.
2: Like and, televisions and, really didn't come in until the mid 50s. Uh, Air conditioning didn't come in for most right. people until we, we, the late We, we
0: got a TV in 19 and 56. It was a black and white 9-inch, and I think we got two channels, 6 and 13, out and of Birmingham. If yeah. you happened
1: to catch our new show that premiered this week without any fanfare whatsoever, wow. uh, Tuesday nights at 5.30 is called Old School. New School. Uh, you would have heard that, uh, you know, in the old days, we only grew up with five TV channels. So those of you who have many more, of course, who watches TV And anymore, I was yeah. the
3: remote control. And that's true. And no, the TV we didn't have that it. either.
1: <laughs> you had to actually I mean,
2: get up and walk across the room. And I'm, I'm, the I'm guessing the,
1: the eight-year-olds to the teenagers today, all they know is YouTube TV. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. sure that's probably true. Yeah. So
3: the point of the fact is people only needed one um Income. They didn't right. have two cars. Mm-hmm.
2: No, they didn't need two cars. They didn't
3: need two cars. And
2: in addition, the houses that they bought were like 800 square feet, maybe 1,000. Now, the average for a new home is 2,800 square feet. Can you believe that? Well,
0: yeah, I can because i got a little 4,000 in
2: mine.
3: Because everybody needs two bathrooms and three bedrooms yeah, and a four. basement.
2: Or four, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, well. And I must admit, for the two of us, we have that and it's not enough room. <laughs>
0: yeah, and and when I was growing up, we had two mules and we painted all their heels white so we would have white sidewalls.
2: Oh, no, no, Howard.
1: <laughs> it's it's all the stuff. So, I mean, let's buy a bigger McMansion so we can go buy more yep. stuff, there more places go. to put our stuff. It is. Yep,
3: yep. It's the Absolutely. stuff. And,
1: y'all, after you buy it and stop using it, uh, you ain't going to get what you paid for out Do of it. Do
3: you think in the 50s oh, no. there were four iPhones and four iPhone plans and four data plans and the Internet and um, all of the streaming uh, no. content? I mean, besides the fact that kids are and shoes to cost an exorbitant amount of money, mm-hmm. I mean, there's it's just ridiculous. So what, even...
1: what you're trying to say is if you took the advice of DR, because DR doesn't give us any money, um, and you lived <laughs> like your grandparents did, you'd be rich today because you'd have a lot of money. Exactly. Well,
2: okay, exactly. if you bought furniture like your grandparents had, you would be much better off, too, because that furniture lasted for decades. You didn't have
0: to put it together after you got home with it, either. No, and if it got wet, it didn't fall apart. True.
2: True. And see, that's another difference, because today, if you go buy antique furniture, Mm -hmm. you will have something that has already withstood 100 years. And it will probably last you another hundred or more.
0: And you'll need three people. You to won't carry. need it, <laughs> but yeah. you
2: know, your kids or grandkids or whoever buys it will. But if you bought the $2,500 Presswood Special uh, within five years, You'd have thrown away half of a dining room or bedroom suit or half yes. of a living yes. room stuff. Or
1: y'all, um, we are cursed. Uh, this radio station as We ha- we have a phenomenon that no other radio station that I've discovered has. Uh, our shows get really good the last two minutes, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then we've got go. to then, then abruptly end. <laughs> and well, it's not just this show. I yeah. mean it's okay i get the hint i'm howard rogers (laughs) i'm richard morris see you next week thanks for listening i must admit there have been shows that are supposed to end at certain times that have no shows after them that we just keep rolling but (laughs) but this is not one of those shows see you next time thanks guys Uh
4: thanks for listening to coleman's live 95 it's time now to check our regional news from the alabama radio network a service of sound mind tms and